What's going on to all my beautiful listeners on my podcast? What's up, what's up, what's up? Um, You know, I podcast when the time is right. I don't really like to be in a schedule when it comes to podcasting because I'm really naturally, naturally an introvert. So I prefer to wait till the time is right because then the podcast is probably going to be extra fire (laughs) than to podcast when there's a time frame. Because if I podcast during a time frame, you know, yeah, it's going to be fire. You know, everything I do is fire. I mean, I got Leo rising. (laughs) You feel me? Cancer sun in the 11th. Um, Sag moon in the 4th. Leo Mercury in the 12th. So everything I do is fire. But I prefer to wait until the time is right. You see what I'm saying? And I don't like to live through expectations because I have sun in the 11th, which is the same shit as having sun in Aquarius. But, you know, I like to do things when I feel the time is right. Anyways, um, during this episode, all right, I will talk about the rising signs. You know, I've been meaning to make this podcast. I did say in my stories on Instagram that I will throw this podcast, you know, and I recommend you guys to follow my telegram because that shit is even extra fire. (laughs) My Instagram and my podcast is like nothing compared to my telegram. My telegram is where it's at. Okay. There's no restrictions over there. There's no nothing there's no independent fact checkers over there there's no censoring so it's extra fiery so you know if you want more additional information especially free books go to my telegram and that is offered on my instagram page if you look at the little story stamps you see the one that says telegram you click that there's going to be a link there and it'll take you directly to the page and just subscribe and you know There's a lot of things over there that uh, you guys are going to enjoy. But anyways, I wanted to focus on this podcast on the rising signs. I did promise you guys I was going to make a podcast on the rising or the ascendant. Um, Now, the ascendant and the rising sign or the rising is actually very, very important in the astrological natal chart. You know, it's very important. Because this deals with your mask, right? Now we live in a holographic reality and everybody is going to meet you through their state of conscious and through their level of how they're perceiving you. Don't let that go over your head. All right. They're looking, they're looking at you from the outside. You see what I'm saying? And everybody's perceiving you through different lenses, you know, and I learned this through networking. That people really do perceive you through different lenses. You know, your insecurities and your ego can somewhat trick you into like thinking that people are perceiving you a certain way. But that's actually far from the truth. How people in the physical are perceiving you are different from how you're perceiving yourself. So now the ascendant and the rising sign is that. Right. You know how they said, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, the ascendant is that is the cover. All right. Or the rising sign. Um, 
you know, but it's still a part of us is an, is a very important piece as we experience our journey through the Saturnian moon matrix is still a part of us, you know? Um, so is, is still very, 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 very important to be consciously aware of, of your rising because this is going to basically help you understand how everybody outside of you is perceiving you but do understand that people are perceiving that through their own inner state of conscious is not how you think they're perceiving you okay we can't think of life as something linear something fixated and something that is just in the same bracket everybody's in a different state of conscious outside of you dealing with their own demons through own you know their own devils through own different levels and you know that's on them. That's not for you to um, basically uh, take responsibilities for, okay? You are only um, able to understand your level and your natal chart and what's going on in your natal chart and how you are able to um, express these different energetic alignments based on your 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 state of level of conscious all right so you know the rising sign is still very important because that plays an important role based on how everybody outside of you is perceiving you and based on how everybody outside of you is perceiving you that's on a different state of conscious but if you have an intuitive knowing that can also help you navigate yourself around everybody that's in the hologram, okay? Um, and it's not only the rising sign, but also the midheaven. The midheaven in your natal chart is another part of you that's considered an ascendant, all right? I know a lot of us like to um, look at the rising sign, but the midheaven is also another side of you that's basically considered a rising sign. But the midheaven deals more with your career outlet, you know, like how people in your job are perceiving you and also the kind of work you're going to be involved with, involved with. And, you know, the career establishments that you should be focusing on. That's the midheaven. Okay. The same thing with the North Node. The North Node is also another section of yourself that deals with the rising and ascending. You see what I'm saying? Because that's your life path. That's the direction you need to go through. All right. So it's not only the rising sign. It's also the midheaven, but that's more in the career outlet. And the ascent, I mean the north node, because that's your life path. That's the direction and your purpose you should be heading towards to or, or basically towards through. Okay. So um, let's just focus on the rising sign with this podcast. Now, you know, I did said in my, in my previous podcast, and I really do hope you guys don't take anything I say on any of these podcasts lightly, because when I decide to speak, there's going to be a lot of substance. It means I sit with it. I let it marinate. You know, I got Mercury in the 12th. I let it marinate and I just really allow it to sit with me to the point where it's time to express you know, Mercury and Leo. All right. 
so, um, you know, one thing I have to say is that when you deal with your rising sign or any other placement in your natal chart, you really have to pay attention to the degrees because the degrees are far more important than anything else. Okay. So based on the degree that your planetary alignments are in, in your natal chart, that's going to determine the level you as an individual is in with that energetic alignment. Okay. So if the energy is in zero to 10 degrees is at its purest rate, right? But everything has an opposition perspective. Don't let that go over your head. So because everything has an opposition perspective, what is in the early degrees may be, may be at its purest rate, right? At its most innocence. You see what I'm saying? But the opposite of that, that it can also be at its most immature rate, okay? The middle degrees, which is from 10 to 19 degrees, that is considered neutral, is an in-between battle, is like you kind of like still struggle with some immature ways when it comes to the expression of that alignment, because our entire existence is very, I mean, our entire existence is reincarnated, you know? So basically the degree that your placements are at, that means that that's the level you're at with that particular energy. Okay. So with the middle degrees, that is considered neutral. You know, you can still deal with some immature things that you're not consciously aware of but you can also be aware of it and you're like I'm tired of this bullshit and I need to I need to purge this I need to evolve you know this can't control my life now the ending degrees which is 20 to 29 degrees that is considered like almost the last stages of the expression of that energy in the 3d hologram okay there's nothing new under the sun. And you've been in this life longer than anybody else. You see what I'm saying? I got Leo rising in the 29 degree. So I under, so the Leo rising in me is not like somebody that has Leo rising at 5 degrees. Somebody that has Leo rising at 5 degrees is going to express that energy more narcissistic, more immature, more self-absorbed, constantly taking selfies of themselves or photo shoots. Somebody that has Leo rising at 29 degrees, they're going, because Leo rising has a magnetism in this hologram that others cannot fathom. You see what I'm saying? So somebody that has Leo rising in 29 degrees is going to take that energy that, that they're very, they're very, they're basically aware that it's, there's a magnetism behind it. So somebody that has it at 29 degrees, that's the last stage before it hits the next rising sign, right? They're going to take that magnetism and use it for, you know, to help in a selfless way. You see what I'm saying? So now let's go through the rising signs. All right. I just wanted to explain that. Because, you know, astrology is very, very complex. 
not even the books that you read. No YouTuber is going to explain what I'm explaining in this podcast. And at the same time, you know, it's a very complex subject that it goes beyond these books. It goes beyond the intellect. Astrology is a subject that's very ancient and it, it, it utilizes both hemispheres. All right. It utilizes the left and the right brain. Okay. Um, and it's not, it's something that is not going to be mastered overnight. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, um, you're going to dwell and sit with it for the rest of your life experience through your reincarnated experience. Okay. So now there's the ascendant, which is considered the rising sign and there's the descendant. All right. Now the descendant is far more important than the ascendant. Okay. The descendant is the seventh house because that is the opposite of what is the ascendant, which is the first house. Now the first house deals with Aries energy. The seventh house deals with Libra energy. Okay. So the ascendant first house is Aries energy. The descendant, which is the seventh house, that is Libra energy. All right. So your rising sign is very dualistic. And the more you understand this, the more you seek the equilibrium through it because you have to seek the balance within the rising and the descendant. Okay. So the rising is how everybody outside of you is perceiving you, but the descendant is also a piece of you that is that you're not consciously aware of. And also many people in the 3d realm. All right. So let's start off with the first rising. Rising in Aries, right? Well, this is this right here is in his home rulership because Aries, I'm I'm sorry, the first house is Aries energy. So somebody with with um rising in Aries, that is the rulership, <laughs> you know. So somebody with Aries energy is is very domineering, you know, very intimidating, very authoritative, you know. Whether they whether that's something that they feel. Because what you feel is your moon sign that has nothing to do with the rising or what they think of, because the, the thinking is the sun sign, the conscious side. Okay. So somebody with Aries rising, it has a pioneering spirit. A lot of people can perceive them as a leader or a great leader, whether they are consciously aware of it or not. Okay. It's still a part of them. All right. But now the shadow self of Aries rising is the seventh house. Now their seventh house usually falls in Libra energy. So they are unconsciously aware of this, but they can also be highly attracted to the air signs. And they can also have a side of them that attracts, or they could be the one in that spectrum as well. They either attract a lot of codependent people or they're attracted to that because the shadow self is the seventh house and the shadow self is usually negative energy. All right. So somebody with Aries rising can appear very confident, very domineering, like it, they can appear 
like they have amazing leadership um, skills, you know, but that's just the way everybody outside of them is perceiving them. That has, that, that has nothing to do with how they're feeling or what they're thinking, right? What they're thinking and what they're feeling has to do with the sun and the moon, okay? But their shadow self can attract a lot of entities um, that either are codependent or they could be attracted to that. All right. But at the same time, you know, Aries rising, similar to any fire rising signs. It's kind of like it's a very magnetic pool. I will say more the Aries and the, and the Leo. As we go further, I'll explain it all thoroughly. It's a magnetic pool, but at the same time, there's a sense of detachment and aloofness. So it's like it attracts a lot. It's very magnetic. But there's still a sense of aloofness because the seventh house deals with Libra energy with Aries rising and and Ar and Libra is an air sign. So there's still a sense of aloofness, a sense of super, su um, superficiality of superficial people, you know, so somebody with Aries rising can attract a lot of superficial people or they could be attracted to that. OK, but is under its rulership and it's a very powerful placement once you consciously become aware of it, you know, because how everybody's perceiving you in the hologram, this can also help you navigate yourself, you know, through the 3D realm. It has nothing to do with what you think about yourself and what you feel about yourself, but this has more to do with how everybody's perceiving you. And you also have to keep in mind that this also deals with people's state of conscious. Everybody's on a different level with that. All right. You know, so once you become aware of that and also the magnetism, okay, you know, um, it can help you with yourself in the hologram. All right. So somebody with Aries rising can appear very confident, very assertive, look like they know what they're doing. They can also be, they can also appear like they got amazing leadership skills. They can also have a resting bitch face. They can also appear very angry very intimidating, you know, like somebody you, you shouldn't mess with, you know what I'm saying? Very authoritative, you know, but that doesn't mean that that's how, what you think or feel. Keep that in mind. Okay. And you also have to pay attention to the degrees of all these placements. So somebody with Aries rising in the beginning of the degrees will have that energy at a very young stage. Okay, very bossy, very authoritative. Somebody with Aries rising at 29 degrees or even after 20 degrees, it's not going to, it's not going to be expressed through that nature. It's going to be expressed more through a, uh, a stage of like, okay, I've been there. I've done that. I experienced all that, but you know, let me see how I could take this energy and, you know, somewhat elevate myself as I elevate others, if that makes sense. All right, now let's go down the next one. Next, oh, and by the way, like I mentioned, Aries rising, either they attract codependent people or they are very codependent. All right, they don't, they, they're perceived like they're highly independent and they got their life together. But when you actually experience them, they're actually they could paradoxically be very codependent, but that depends what degree 
the Aries rising is it. Next, we got Taurus rising. Taurus rising can be perceived very calm, cool, and collective, right? Very peaceful, very sensual. Somebody that moves very slow pace. You know, um, Taurus rising is ruled by Venus. So they can also be also, they can also be highly attractive. You know, Venus is the most attractive planet. Um, you know, but they could be somewhat in the chunky side. They could have some puffy cheeks. All right. And by the way, Aries rising, they can also appear very young and, um, they have like their cheekbones, something about the cheekbones. Um, it can be very like wide. You feel me? But they're, they look younger than their age because Aries is the youngest energy. But now going back to, um, Taurus rising. They, their cheeks are very puffy. You know, they tend to have um, rounded faces. You know, they can fall into the chunky side, all right? Or just their cheeks itself can be very chunky. Now, Taurus rising can be perceived as somebody that's financially responsible, somebody that has their shit together. You know, somebody that um, takes control of everything around them and somebody that's very slow paced. But the opposite of... Taurus rising is Scorpio rise. I'm a Scorpio descendant. All right. So the the shadow self of of Taurus rising is somebody that could attract sexual addicted people, or they can be sexual sexually addicted to people, because the shadow self, the seventh house, is in that placement, is in the Scorpion energy. Okay. Um, they can also attract individuals that have a lot of money or people that perceive them as having a lot of money for some weird reason. All right. Um, you know, and just somebody that's very well grounded, somebody that's very stable, very reliable. That's how external people can perceive them. So if you are a Gemini sun with Libra rising, people are going to be people are going to perceive you as somebody that's stable and, and grounded. But you may not feel that. You may not think that about yourself. You know, that's just what the energy attracts, okay? But the seventh house, like I met, like I said, is in Scorpio, Scorpio energy. So you can attract somebody that has a lot of money. Or you can be the one with a lot of money and attract people that are leeching onto you. It can go either way, okay? And they'll take advantage of... Basically, people with, with Taurus rising... They'll take advantage of them. Like if they, they are in the side where they have a lot of money, they will attract a lot of people that take advantage of that by um, basically manipulating them through sex. Okay. Next, we have um, Gemini rising. Gemini rising can be perceived very friendly. You know, like their eyes are just all over the place. <laughs> you know, they hear they're there. They can be perceived a little distance, a little aloof, right? It's kind of like you can't really um, perceive Gemini rising as somebody trustworthy because they're two people. But that's just how everybody's perceiving them. That got nothing to do with how you feel, all right? So like, let's say your whole natal chart has a lot of Taurus, but your rising sign falls in Gemini. It's just, it is what it is. People are going to perceive you through that lens, right? 
So with Gemini rising, you can be perceived very inquisitive, very curious, and just somebody that's easy to approach, somebody that's easy to talk to, to converse to. You see what I'm saying? But in the seventh house, the descendant falls um, Scorpio, I'm sorry, um, Sagittarius energy. So you can be perceived as somebody that is very friendly, somebody that can be easily approached with, you know, to hold a conversation, right? Very, you know, just somebody that's just, just there to talk, right? That's just the um, Gemini rising. You can also attract a lot of people that gossip a lot, all right? People that want to talk about other people's business. Like, let's say you have very low-key placements and you have Gemini rising, you could still attract a lot of people that just will come up to you and tell you people's businesses just because your rising sign is in Gemini, you know? But the descendant falls in Sagittarius. So, you know, romantically, because the seventh house deals with that energy, you can attract a lot of people that, you know, um, want to travel you know, tend to be into foreigners, you know, so with Gemini rising, you can attract a lot of foreigners, you see, because your seventh house falls into Gemini, um, Sagittarius energy, so you can attract a lot of foreigners from, from far distant places, or you could be attracted to that as well, okay, or you could just be attracted to somebody that likes to travel a lot, you see what I'm saying, also have a lot of heavy energy on Sagittarius energy, I forgot to mention that, that, um, you know, your descendant can also be a side of you of what you're attracted to is, is, is a weakness of yours. So you can be attracted to foreigners. You can be attracted to traveling. You can be attracted to people in other far lands as well. You can be attracted to the long distance relationship, or you could attract that a lot. All right. You can also be attracted to somebody that has, that's very knowledgeable and has a lot of knowledge you know because sag energy is about learning and and higher knowledge you see what i'm saying and things in that nature but you can also attract a very detached person that um belongs to nobody <laughs> you know that wants to travel the world a wanderlust type um now let's go into cancer now cancers um similar to taurus they can have like these puffy cheeks, you know, I'm, I'm highly attracted to, um, cancer risings, but you know, I forgot to mention this in the very beginning of the introduction. Um, whatever your Mars is in, right? Cause Mars is the rulership of, um, Aries, right? And the first house deals with Aries energy. So whatever your placement is in, in the, in the Mars energy, that can also um, play a big impact on what you're attracted to. So whatever your Mars placement is in, you can also be attracted to somebody that has that same energy in the, uh, in the first house or in the rising sign. So if your Mars is in Cancer, you're going to be highly attracted, you know, to somebody that has Cancer rising. It's just going to happen naturally. If your Mars is in Leo, you're going to be attracted to somebody that has Leo rising. If your Mars is in Aries, you're going to be attracted to somebody that has Aries rising and such forth, such forth. Okay. I did forget to mention that in the beginning of this episode, but I hope all you guys listen to this thing thoroughly. 
you know, because this is for learning purposes anyways. I think you guys will. So, um, you know, with Cancer Rising, they tend to have a, like an innocent look. They're highly attractive. You know, they look very young. They have, you know, they can also fall into the puffy cheeks, similar to um, Taurus Risings. They have like rounded faces, just like the moon. They can also have pale skins, just like the moon. <laughs> you know, whether they're aware of it or not, they have like this innocence to them. They have like this childlike energy to them. You know, um, you know, they can appear very empathetic. They can appear like somebody that you can go to and confide to. People with cancer rising um, tend to attract a lot of people that just come up to them and just tell them all their personal business, whether they want to listen to that or not. So like, let's say you have a natal chart full of masculine energy and you're not aware of the rising sign, you're still going to attract those kind of people. And I'm quite sure you're going to be through your whole life. Like, why all these people just come up to me and confide? Like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> so whether you're empathetic or not, it's just the energy that emits out of that rising sign. Okay. Um, you, can all, you can also appear somewhat like a clinger, you know. Now, the descendant of Cancer rising falls into Capricorn. So you can attract... Um, you know, or be attracted to Capricorn energy or people with high emphasis on the earth element. You see, it doesn't just have to be Capricorn energy. Um, you can also be attracted to or attract a lot of users because, you know, the Capricornian energy is a user energy, right? And by the way, with, with um, Gemini rising, you guys can attract a lot of uncommitted people, people that have commitment phobes. That's one of the shadow side of the seventh house, you know, but, um, with cancer rising, you know, you can attract individuals. that are opportunists, people that take advantage of you or people that think they could take advantage of you, right? Because what they're perceiving through the rising has nothing to do with who you are and also what's your state of conscious, but you can attract a lot of people that think that they could use you, you know, because that's the dark side of Capricornian energy. Okay, or you could be attracted to selfish individuals that only think about themselves and only think about their career establishment, you know, and social status, power, yada, yada, yada. You know, people with money and shit like that. You could be attracted to that too, or you can attract it as well. You know, um, it could go either way. Okay, um, but cancer rising, they tend to look younger than their age. They tend to have an innocent appearance. Same thing with Gemini rising and Taurus and Aries rising because those energies Aries Taurus Gemini and Cancer are at the first stages they're all in the first stages of each elements of the purification of the expression of the energies so Aries is the youngest energy Taurus is the youngest energy in, in the earth element um, Gemini is the youngest of the, of the air and cancer is the youngest of, um, you know, the water. You see what I'm saying? Let's go next into Leo rising. I have this placement, <laughs> but my placement is in 29 degrees. So it's not that extreme. Like I, I have seen some Leo risings and it, and it's sometimes I just, 
you know, it's it's a little disturbing with the way they express the energy, but <laughs> you know, everybody's on a different state of conscious. Um now Leo rising is highly magnetic. Okay, it's highly attractive. And Leo rising can also be appeared very confident, very domineering. They can also be appear like a protector, like a lion, whether they are aware of it or not. So people with Leo rising, whether they are aware of it or not, they can also intimidate people. It's like when people approach them, they automatically see them as the boss. You know what I'm saying? If a Leo rising, you know, and it doesn't matter what's your placements. Let's say you have a shitload of you know, water and earth placement in your chart, but you have Leo rising. If you, let's say you in your job and there's a meeting and they're holding a meeting, everybody's going to look at you. Even the person that's making the speech, they're going to only focus on you. Everybody's going to look at you because, you know, Leo is ruled by the sun is the brightest celestial body out of the celestial family, right? out of the celestial um, plan, planetary family. So somebody with Leo rising is highly magnetic, highly attractive, whether they are aware of it or not. Okay. Um, and like I said, when, when, um, when, when a Leo rising comes in a room, heads turns, heads turns, everybody looks at them. Everybody perceives them as the boss, whether they are aware of it or not, whether they want that attention or not. Right? Because everybody's on a different state of conscious. Everybody got different planetary alignments. And also degrees with the expression of all those planetary alignments. Don't let that go over your head. You know, um, the, this energy can also be very intimidating. I mean, it's, it's a lion appearance. So it can be very intimidating. Um, it's highly protective. It's a very highly protective rising sign. You know, nobody will ever think twice about bullying a Leo rising, ever. Like, they wouldn't even look at that. Like, somebody with a Leo rising, they wouldn't even look at them and say, oh, I could bully that person. It will never happen. Because the appearance of that energy is very intimidating, similar to Aries rising. Because of the Leo energy, the lion energy. Okay, but it's very magnetic. All right. And um, people will tend to overestimate you more than you overestimate yourself. Like whether you underestimate yourself or not, people will just automatically overestimate you. Like people will perceive you as something that needs to be at a very high position, at, a, at an authoritative position, whether you feel that or think that. You see what I'm saying? That's the interesting part about that uh, rising sign, you know. Um, but like I mentioned, it's very magnetic. Now, the descendant of that rising sign falls into Aquarius energy. So people with Leo rising, they could attract a lot of Aquarius sun people or just Aquarius energy. You know, people that tend to be highly attracted to you could be Aquarius. You know, people that have a lot of that energy in their chart. Maybe they're dominated by it. Maybe that's their, their sun sign. But you will attract that energy, whether you like it or not. Okay? And, you know, a lot of people like to say Aquarius are cold. They're not expressive. People with Leo rising, Aquarius are going to come and they're going to tell you everything about themselves. They're, they're, they're going to be more vulnerable than you. 
you know, because Leo deals with the sun. Aquarius has like this, these walls, these barriers, these icy walls, and that sun energy melts that. So Aquarius energy becomes vulnerable around you, whether you like it or not. All right. You can also attract a lot of people that are aloof, detached, unusual in the expression of what they feel about you. The unusual, the, the, the paradox, the things in that nature. Things that don't fit in a box. Things that are not linear. You can either be attracted to that or it can come towards your way. You know, complicated people that just don't know how to be straightforward. You can attract that as well. Similar to, like I said, with um, Aries Rising, that they attract people that are very aloof or they can be attracted to that. You can, you know, Leo Rising can attract that as well because the seventh house falls in an air element sign, which is Aquarius. And it's not only Aquarius energy. It could be any of the other um, siblings in the air element, whether it's um, Libra or um, Gemini, okay? And um, that's what I have to say about that. But overall, you can be highly attracted to somebody that stands out, an individual, or you can attract that as well. All right. Individuals that will put you in the platonic connection, but somewhat unconsciously or unpredictably end up being attracted to you. So, you know, Leo Rising could attract people that um, are in the friend zone and then end up catching feelings, things in that nature. There, there will just always be an unusual situation with Leo rising when it comes to attraction. Okay. But overall, Leo rising is perceived as somebody that's the boss. That's very authoritative. Somebody that controls their own life, their own reality, and somebody that's highly attractive and magnetic, whether they like it or not. Next we have, um, I may make a part two on this because this may exceed over an hour this podcast is only um, able to record for an hour. But next, we're going to deal with Libra rising. Libra rising. No, not Libra. What am I talking about? Virgo. Virgo's the next sign. Virgo rising. My bad. Virgo, um, you know, can be perceived as somebody that's highly introverted. Somewhat like a hermit, you know. Like when I look at Virgo risings, they, to me personally, you know, they can be perceived as a hot mess, but they're, they may not feel that. They may not think that. <laughs> and the reason I perceive them through that lens is because their seventh house falls in Pisces energy, <laughs> you know, but Virgo risings can be very meticulous, very organized, um, perfectionist very introverted, you know, people that look like they have everything under control in their lives, they can also be perceived as somebody that works hard and works a lot, whether that's the case or not, okay, um, you know, um, or they can also be, they can express that energy too, because they can go either way, but now the seventh house falls in Pisces, all right. So they can be highly attracted. They can have a strong weakness for Pisces energy. 
whether that's in the sun or somebody may be dominated by that energy or it may be in their moon sign, whatever the case may be, even the Venus. You know, because the most powerful celestial bodies are basically from the sun to Mars. After that, the other planets are dealing with more of the collective. You know, so basically if this from the sun to mars if there's like piscean energy that's a very powerful planet or an alignment through the expression of that energy so you can you know it can go either way with any of those planets all right um but um you know they can be attracted or they can attract somebody that's very dreamy somebody that seems lost <laughs> With the 3D realm, somebody that drifts off into other dimensions, they can be a tad bit lazy, confused, you know, also possibly pathological liars. Virgo risings can attract pathological liars because, you know, the seventh house falls in Pisces energy and Pisces, um, you know, because they're always drifting into other dimensions, other imaginary realms. They can, in the 3D realm, they can be perceived as pathological liar. It may be real in their head, but it's not real in this reality. You see, you know, um, or they can be attracted to the water element, any of the water siblings energies. Okay. It doesn't have to be Pisces, you know, the dreamyish type that needs some kind of guidance in the 3D realm. Okay. But usually Aries rising, I'm sorry, um, Virgo risings, they're perceived as somebody that's workaholic, somebody that got their shit together, somebody that's perfect, whether they feel that or think that, um, and things in that nature, okay? Next, we have Libra rising. Now, the Libra rising is highly attractive, all right? Very, very attractive. Because this is also, this deals with um, Venus energy. Libra risings also have round puffy cheeks. They have round faces, but they're very attractive people. They're very alluring, okay? Um, so they can attract a lot of people that is infatuated with them heavily. You know, um, also superficial people. You know, people that um, are just infatuated with them you know, but want nothing else from them. Now, the seventh house falls in Aries energy. So they can also be attracted or also attract a lot of people that are very authoritative, very independent, have a pioneering spirit, have leadership abilities, all right? Protective people that are ready to put anybody in their place and, and just fight them for, you know, deal with any kind of confrontations, you know, they could be highly attracted to the Aries energy, whether that's in the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, or Mars. Okay. Um, but whether they perceive that, whether they live that reality or not, you know, they will attract a lot of admirers. They will attract a lot of people that are infatuated with them. Don't confuse that with they're actually attracted to them just infatuation because the Libra energy is more superficial, is more airish. So it'll attract a lot of superficial people as well. And it would attract a lot of people that are infatuated with their looks. Okay. 
But Libra rising tends to be very peaceful or they could be perceived that way. Peaceful, well-balanced, just want to be the mediator, want to keep everything neutral, you know. So they can also attract a lot of people that could, that want to come and confide to them, similar to um, Cancer rising. They will um, attract people that will just come up and want to tell them their personal business because, you know, Libra is known as the mediator. It just wants to balance and harmonize everything, okay? So whether that's what you feel or think, that's what you're going to attract, all right? But you can also be attracted to the Aries energy or any of the fire siblings as well. Somebody with a lot of energy in that, dominated by that. Next, we have um, Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising, whether you feel that energy or not, okay, because um, this is just, you know, the, the cover of the book, <laughs> um, Scorpio rising can attract a lot of people that are sexually attracted to them, all right, similar to Libra rising, where they attract a lot of infatuated situations, Scorpios can attract that heavily, more than Libra. Because Libra is air, so there's an, a detach and aloofness to it. Now, Scorpio is intense. It's water energy, and it has a lot of density. So Scorpio rising can attract a lot of people that just will come and tell them their secret taboo desires, like, Things that they wouldn't usually share with other people. Scorpio rising people, whether you have other type of placement in your charts or not, Scorpio risings, they attract people that would just come up to them and tell them the, the t most twisted, darkest, sorry about that, twisted, darkest secrets about their sexual urges. Unpredictably too. Whether that's how you feel or think about yourself you could be the most conservative person out there if you have that scorpio rising you're going to attract people that are just going to come up to you and tell you their darkest secret taboo secrets basically in an unpredictable nature you know whether they're explaining that to you in an urge of how they feel about you or whether that's something that they feel about themselves and just something that they always kept in the vault. All right. So Scorpio rising can be highly disrespected. They can also deal with a lot of like sexual harassment situations more than any of the other rising sign, you know, um, but it's a very magnetic energy because it still deals with, um, you know, um, Scorpio is basically ruled by Mars and the first house is ruled by Mars. So it's so Scorpio rising is highly, highly magnetic. So whether they like it or not, they're going to attract that. OK, but they're going to attract a lot of people that uh, will just say disrespectful things to them in a sexual way, you know, or just confine to them about deep, dark, taboo secrets that they haven't ever told anybody else. Okay, but um, they're going to come off very intimidating as well. Like they have like this penetrating, fixated, obsessive persona. 
you know, whether that's what they feel or whether that's what they think about themselves, that's just what it is. That's how everybody outside of them is perceiving that. Okay, and their seventh house falls into um, Taurus energy. All right, so you know, um, you can be high, you know, somebody with Scorpio rising can be highly attracted to the earth element or Taurus energy or somebody that has a lot of money. All right, or somebody that does have a lot of money, you, you know, that energy can also attract a possessive controlling person as well. Whether you attract it to that or not, you know, it still attracts it because that's your shadow self. That the, that's the descendant. Okay. Um, but you can also attract somebody that's very reliable, trustworthy, very loyal and more earthly, you know. But people with Scorpio rising, they tend to have a weakness for Taurus energy, okay, or the Earth energy. Next, we have um, Sagittarius rising. Now, Sagittarius rising, they're like everywhere but nowhere. <laughs> whether they feel that, whether they think that, you know, um, that's just how they appear, right? When you look in the eyes of a Sagittarius rising, they appear like a wanderlust. It's like they're there, but they're really not there. Whether that's what they think or feel, like I mentioned. So somebody with Sagittarius rising can appear like a wanderlust. Somebody that needs to travel, needs to roam, needs to be all over the place. Somebody that looks like they're very um, excel when it comes to higher knowledge and foreign countries and foreign knowledge and you know, somebody with Sagittarius rising can also appear like they know multiple languages, all right? So, like, whether you traveled out the country or not, people will probably come up to you and ask you, hey, have you traveled out the country or things in that nature? You may have never traveled out the country. That's just how everybody outside of you is perceiving you for some weird reason, but that just comes with the Sag energy, Okay, but the seventh house falls in um, Gemini energy, and that's why people can also think that you know multiple languages as well, because Gemini deals with language, it deals with communication, but Sagittarius deals with diversity. You know, so when so Sagittarius rising can be perceived as somebody that's very knowledgeable, somebody that has that has a lot that's very excel with knowledge and has a broader scale of you know, how the world works and very philosophical as well, you know, um, but you, but the dark side is that with the descendant in Gemini energy, they can attract a lot of gossipy people, people that want to talk about other people, people that want to talk about, you know, people's businesses, whether it's in the job, wherever it's at, you, you know, unconsciously, you will always attract those kind of people, gossipy people. You could be attracted to highly so people with a lot of Gemini energy or just the air element itself as well. Gemini rising can also attract a lot of chatterboxes. <laughs> so like, let's say your natal chart is nothing but like introverted placement. You know, it could still attract a lot of people with like, uh, that tends to be a chatterbox and never shuts the fuck up. Okay. And that's that. Um... You know, and like I mentioned numerous times, the rising sign could be expressed through different state of conscious. And it depends on what degree is in, because each degree will determine 
um, at what level you at with the expression of that energy. You see what I'm saying? Next we have, um, but overall, Sag rising, they have like this aloofness, this detachment to themselves. Somebody that just wants to travel and they can be perceived very restless, whether they feel that or think that. Okay, um, next we have Capricorn rising. Capricorn risings are perceived um, very, very serious. Somebody that's very well grounded, that got their shit together. Somebody that's very linear, very structured. And somebody that looks like they want to possess a CEO position or um, want to be in the position of be being a CEO or owning or having a business, right? So like if you have Capricorn rising and your other placements have nothing to do with that energy, people can still come up to you and ask you, man, why don't you own your business? Why don't you become a CEO of this, a CEO of that? And that may not even cross your mind. That may not even be a fucking reality in your own state of conscious, in your own hologram. But you can still attract those kind of people that will perceive you through that lens. Somebody that's very authoritative, very serious, very mature in the 3D realm. You see what I'm saying? But the opposite of Capricorn is Cancer. That falls in the descendant. So you can be highly attracted. Capricorn rising can be highly attracted or also attract individuals that tend to be very clingy, very emotionally available, you know, um very moody, and just very emotional and sensitive as well. Very motherly, very um, nurturing, very maternal. They can have those kind of traits. So you can be highly attracted or you can have a weakness for the Cancerian energy or any of the other siblings in the water element as well. Okay, next we have um, Aquarius rising. Aquarius rising can be perceived like very detached, very aloof. You know, they have like this erratic appearance to themselves. You know, they express themselves in an unusual way. Um, you know, you, it's kind of like Aquarius rising to me really wants to express themselves but they have difficulties with it. It comes out very erratic. You know, um, they can have a this they can be perceived very detached, you know, just something very unusual about themselves. You see what I'm saying? But the descendant falls in Leo rising. And that's why when I look at Aquarius rising, they can also they they could try I'm not I'm not gonna front. As a Sag Moon, I'm gonna keep it real. They try too hard to stand out. <laughs> But, you know, that's because the descendant isn't Leo, right? As in Leo. So Leo needs to express itself. Leo needs to show the world what it's capable of. Leo wants the compliments. Like, you know, Aquarius rising can try too hard to stand out. All right. They can have like a, this erratic, unusual perspective of themselves. You feel me? But they can also be attracted heavily with the Leo energy. Or attracted to the fire siblings as well. Somebody with a lot of Leo in their chart. Or just any of the fire siblings as well. Alright. But um, they can also be perceived very knowledgeable. Very intelligent. 
you know, but just something that's just very unusual about them, very unique. But they may not feel that, they may not think that, but that's just something that's expressed, okay? Um, next, we have, um, the last but not least, we have Pisces Rising. Oh, so we're not going to exceed over an hour. <laughs> Good. Pisces Rising can be perceived very dreamy-ish, very aloof as well, very detached. Just, just an energy that just is very sleepy and is all over the place and just scattered and drift into other dimensions, whether that's what they feel or think about themselves. Somebody that needs some kind of guidance, somebody that needs some kind of sense of directions, right? Um, things in that nature. That's just the way they're perceived, you know, um, you know, very dreamy-ish, you know, they can be perceived as they're lost, whether they feel that or not, all right? But the descendant falls in Virgo. So they can be highly attracted or they can attract somebody with a lot of Virgo energy or any of the earth siblings as well. You know, um, somebody that, you know, Virgo tends to be more grounded. They have more of a sense of a direction in the 3D form, you know, so they can be highly attracted to that or they could attract that as well. You know, they could attract people that feel like they're, you know, people that feel like they're perceiving them as they're misguided, you know, so like. Pisces rising can attract people that perceive them like, oh, you know, you look like you need somebody to guide you. You look like you need somebody to hold your hand and show you how to move in the 3D form. You know, whether they like it or not, they could attract a lot of people like that because they have like this dreamy-ish, you know, Alice in Wonderland perspective of themselves and somebody that's just lost in the sauce when it comes to this 3D realm you know, with the illusions and deceptions, you feel me, you know, um, but they have very dreamy eyes, the, the, the Pisces risings, they have very dreamy eyes, and, you know, um, they're, they can be perceived like they drift into other dimensions, they could be highly introverted, or they can be perceived that way, it's not that they are, they can be perceived highly introverted as well, so you have a lot of extrovert placements, it doesn't matter. People are going to perceive you through that lens. All right. Very withdrawn, you know, um, just somebody that it daydreams a lot and, you know, is in La La Land and is not in this dimension and needs some kind of guidance. All right. So we made it, guys. We made it a 58 minutes. So. That was my interpretation on the rising sign, and I hope it helps somebody out there. Um, and I will make podcasts when I feel like it. All right, you guys should really follow my tele. Follow me on every platform, you know, so you don't miss out on anything. All right, and that's that. I'm gonna wrap this up. I hope this helps somebody out there. You guys take care. Have a good one. <laughs>